Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day, today. Saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Lord God, um, we've sung of your great faithfulness. We've heard, Lord, that you are our creator and our redeemer. Um, And as we come to speak and think about rest as a gift, um, I pray that we would see it both as a gift of our good creator and something, Lord Jesus, that you redeem because you are Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, Be in our midst as we reflect on your word. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Um, today, we will be uh, interviewing Dave and Rachel, um, talking to them about rest as a way to think about and prepare um, for their season of sabbatical. So I'm going to invite them up in a minute, but I do uh, want to say a, just a couple things to set the table. Um, as you know, Dave and Rachel and their boys will be going on uh, sabbatical starting um, on Sunday, May 21st. So it coincides with the ascension. He's going to go. And he's going to say, it's better that I go. Do not cling to me. So, in preparation for that, uh, we're doing a few things. One, um, you'll notice that there are some tables in the back, one back here and one back here. Um, There's an opportunity for you to write notes to Dave and Rachel and to the boys of encouragement that they can take with them on their sabbatical. So we're gonna have that this week and next week. So please do take advantage of that. Um, And we just, we wanna hear from them um, because what we're gonna hear is that you can't just cold start a sabbatical. (laughs) You have to prepare. And we heard that in the Hebrews reading, a paradoxical phrase, strive to enter rest. Strive to enter rest rest. And what we're going to talk about is why it's so hard. What are the challenges for us as individuals and as a family with young kids? Why is it so hard to enter rest? So I'm just going to read two things. Um, Just a reminder to us, first in creation that God gives us rest. And in fact, he was the first one to take a Sabbath, um, to enjoy what he had made, to see that what he had made is good. And we often think that the Lord says what he made is good. But actually what he does is he sees that it is good. He doesn't have to say that it's good. He's already made it. He sees that it is good. And the day of Sabbath is a chance to step back and see that it is good. 
And the two places that he reminds his people that the Sabbath is for them is in Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Exodus links Sabbath to God's work as creator. It's a gift of creation that is given to us. He enjoyed it, and so are we meant to enjoy it. But in Deuteronomy, we get the Ten Commandments again, and we are given a different reason for Sabbath. Listen to this one. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any other livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, and that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. In Exodus, the emphasis is on God as creator, giving us the good gift that he wove into the rhythm of creation of Sabbath. But in Deuteronomy, the emphasis is on God as our redeemer, who leads us out of slavery, and that the Sabbath is a reminder that we are not enslaved to the things that we were formerly enslaved to. And neither are the implements of our hands. We don't necessarily have male servants and female servants in the way that they did, but we do have things that work for us. Those things have to rest too. So creation and redemption. That sets the table, I think, for this conversation. So I'm going to move these stools, and we thought we would go 1990s uh, Regis and Kathy Lee style <laughs> with these stools. This might be from the set of Regis and Kathy Lee. I will not do a Regis Philbin impression. Don't worry. If only. There you go. Okay. So Dave and Rachel. Um, Bear with. Hey there. How we doing? Feeling all right? Okay. So here's the first question, and we're just going to see where the conversation goes. But you mentioned this that Dave, you were talking to another pastor who went on sabbatical recently, last year, and he basically said it's not something you can just jump into, but you have to prepare for. He compared it to an expedition. So how have you two been preparing for the expedition of the sabbatical? Well, I've, um, I love reading about expeditions. So whether it's the Shackleton expedition or even modern day people today who do insane things that I would never dream of doing, um, it takes a lot of preparation, and so the, 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 I've, we've done a, the big preparation, which I think we, we're still learning to do, is, um, is to, what does it mean to Sabbath, and what does it look like to, to work in a rhythm of resting, and um, we've, we've, I guess, really dug into this seven months ago starting, or six, I don't know, I can't count anymore, but 
the, um, when you start to press into it, um, there are a lot of voices who talk about Sabbath, and I realized very quickly that I always thought that people who had the Sabbath were weak because they couldn't do all things through Christ who strengthened them. Um, and that there was, I, I would never say this, but in my mind, there was two sets of Christians. There are those who are limitless, and there are those who aren't. And I wanted to be limitless. And um, I think that led to, um, I won't go into the details now, but uh, that pattern of, of work after 18 years of ordained ministry kind of led to a significant health crisis, which meant, okay, maybe that was wrong. And uh, perhaps our limitations are a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Rachel, what about, what about you? Well, I mean, in all honesty, I do feel like a real fake up here because we are still trying to work out what that looks like. So um, we are not speaking from experts who've nailed it. We're speaking from people who are trying to um, craft a Sabbath with all the kind of craziness of Dallas life. And um, I think the the Psalms really touches two areas that was read, particularly talking about the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. So that, that sense of we are under his care and then it goes on and talks about if you don't da, 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 harden your hearts. And I know that when I am so fixated on everything and everyone who's under my care, my heart gets really hardened. And, um, and so Sabbath is exercising a faith muscle and a trust muscle that he actually cares for me and that he carries on when I stop. Mm. And um, both, and so before Christmas, I, I had a massive crash hit my wall. And, um, and so after that, coming out of that, it has been trying to have that one day when it's it's not about everything that I can achieve and tick off and get organized and do, but a day, a day to delight. Um, and I think I come from a background where growing up, some Sundays I'd be at church four times on a Sunday and very legalistic about the Sabbath. And so in my own faith journey, I've kind of been like, well, I'm not going to be like that. You know, um, I am going to shop on a Sabbath, kind of, you know, take that. Um, And, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And actually now, why does it always take, in your 40s, what is with that? Like, <laughs> finally realizing that by not taking a Sabbath, I am ignoring this gift that we have, and I'm not opening it, and I'm just ignoring it. 
if I don't take a Sabbath. And so it's taken um, some, yeah, just realizing my own stuff that I put on Sabbath, the religiosity of it. It's kind of like a pendulum of like being really religious and then being uber free and somewhere in the middle is where I'm aiming for mm-hmm. for Sabbath. Yeah. So I'm hearing in your own stories like some of the obstacles that we might have as we think about, well, what does rest look like in my life? And Dave, what I heard from you is a perception of yourself that I'm not somebody who needs it. And if I do say I need it, then I'm weak. And for you, it was who's going to take care of the things that I'm supposed to take care of and who's going to take care of me, but also <laughs> baggage related to it, that it, it became something that was over you, that you were being watched. And that's the time, that's what Jesus enters into, is this period in time when Sabbath is about ticking off boxes, doing certain things, not doing other certain things. And he says, well, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And that he tells us that Sabbath is for us, not us for it. And it sounds like you grew up in a context where you exist for Sabbath and you exist for doing it right instead of it being something for you. So those are a couple obstacles. And I know we talked about obstacles um, just as we were preparing for this interview, but also kind of lies that we might believe um, related to rest um, that are... I think you've kind of hit on things that are internal to us, but what are the external obstacles or lies to rest um, as you guys have prepared and, and tried to start practicing Sabbath with some intentionality? Um, one of the big ones we discovered is uh, re- from reading a book by Ruth Haley Barton, Rachel's got it here. It's called uh, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest from Sabbath to Sabbatical. She says that often Christians don't Sabbath because of the culture that prevails. And it's not the culture of the world that allows for Sunday shopping, but it's the culture of the church and how the majority of successful churches in the United States over-program the weekend. And they over-program Sundays so that you can't actually Sabbath. And she lays down the gauntlet saying, if the pastor can't Sabbath on a Sunday, then why would he expect anybody in the church to do it? And so we've kind of tried and are, we've chosen to Sabbath on a Sunday, which is relatively easy here because our service finishes at 10.30. You know, I work for a quarter of a day a week, so, you know, the rest of the day is sweetness and light. Uh, but in all seriousness, it means that how we plan things and how we've started to approach the scheduling of the church calendar uh, is beginning to reflect. Now, it's not perfect, but we're working towards it. And I think the, um, the other thing it's helped with, which I think is an external and an internal, correct me, I'm probably wrong, um, is the need to have a day when you allow the emotions of the week to catch up. Um, most of you will know something about me by now, if not more, is that uh, I was born to achieve, like, give me some promise of a reward, whether it's a ribbon or uh, something else, and I will, I will seek to achieve it, and I will, uh, I'm wired as uh, in that way. It's just in my nature. 
And the dark side of that is, I like to keep going so that nothing catches up. But it always catches up. And the rhythm of the Sabbath, what I've discovered on these Sundays, is when you stop and you do something that you enjoy, that it doesn't feel like work, um, it makes room for the, whatever the emotion of the week has been to come to the surface. Sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's a mix. Um, but having that practice has really helped me, I would say, or is helping me, I don't get it right, um, I guess with the rest of the week and then being present with people. Because yeah. the worst is having coffee with someone and having to arrive late and leave early and not really hearing what anyone says. Um, and to me, having a day as a counterweight to activity helps me just really enter into the present with people. Yeah. What would you say the external obstacles have been? Um, <clears throat> I, one thing that she hits on here is talking about kind of um, the children of God coming out of Egypt. And, and she talks about Pharaoh, and I'm just going to read a wee bit as I put glasses on, hold a mic and a book at the same time. See, I'm always multitasking. Um, okay, so it says, um, when instruction was first given to Sabbath keeping, God was communicating in the strongest possible term that God's people are now free, free from all aspects of their bondage to the Egyptians. With. Um, and anyway, she talks about um, Pharaoh was nothing more than a hard-nosed production manager kept increasing their quota in order to amass his own wealth. Um, as slaves in Egypt, the people of Israel were always at the mercy of the demands and expectations of a relentless consumeristic and opportunistic ruler who cared nothing for their well-being. But now, now that they were free from their bondage, they were being guided into a way of work, of life that worked for them. Anyway, so she compares Pharaoh to kind of our consumeristic world that we live in and that we are in in this um, and hear me hear me right like i we i would not be a small business owner in england it just wouldn't have happened i wouldn't have an art studio in england because you stay in your lane and you keep going i'm here we've been here 10 years and by some insane thing i've got a small business, which is crazy. God's grace. <laughs> um, but I'm really having to battle with consumerism and all that stuff. And But I kind of need a bit of that to be able to pay my rent. So what do I do? You know, do I post something on Instagram or like da 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 da? There's just so much. And so kind of as part of the six days a week um, leading up to Sabbath, because she says, actually, when you really embrace a Sabbath, the rest of the week's changed. 
it, it's things like I'm not trying not to follow certain artists who are doing everything and I'm like oh if only I organized that or if only I put my art on that product and just being really aware of of my mindset in comparison to others so that I'm not feeling oh, oh, I'm missing out I could be you know I don't know if that makes any sense but but to to purposefully not just on a Sunday but Monday through to Saturday, purposefully not comparing myself to others. Because when I do that, it, it sends me into a frenzy of extra activity, overscheduling, coming up with great ideas. And as a creative, it's really hard because I've got a thousand ideas. They're all brilliant, you know. Um, and it's then the wisdom of what ideas are those God ideas? And so for, for me, in a small business sense, the, the relying and leaning into Sabbath has affected yeah. the rest of the week because I'm having to trust that um, my lack of striving means that God is going to come through mm -hmm. and that me doing one thing it, it's that loaves and fishes this is what I've got Lord here it is um, so one example one Saturday morning I was praying for um, it to meet more interior designers and before Christmas I was all set on working with this marketing company and da 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 da, -da. anyway I just couldn't do it. I could not. It, I had to stop. Uh, mentally, emotionally, it was just too much. And financially. But it was all too much. And so I was in the shower getting ready to open the studio up for a couple of hours. And um, I was like, Lord, the whole thing was about these interior designers. Like, that was the whole reason of doing this marketing company. And so, like, shouting to the Lord a little bit about that. Anyway, I open up the studio. I do that In one. the shower. I mean, in the shower. singing in the shower is singing great. Singing in the shower so and shouting. shouting. The shower. Yeah. Shouting at the Lord yeah. in the shower, yeah. And um, so, anyway, I go in. I, I open the studio up just for a couple of hours. I get two people come in. One who is an interior designer, and she buys a piece, and we have a great chat. Then this other lady comes in, and um, she's like, oh, you know, all of that. And um, she says, and I was setting up for a class, and she was saying, um, so if I brought, and she said, I work with interior designers. And if, if I was to bring in, I mean, 12 interior designers to, to do a class, and I'm like, so you would like me to teach a, a watercolor class to a group of 12 interior designers? One for each tribe yep. of Israel. I, I was like, okay, I think I can do that for you. You know, and so anyway, they were supposed to come on, they're coming next week and then that got cancelled, it's the week after. But all that to say, if I, if I say, Lord, this is, these are my loaves and fishes, I've got two hours I can open up this weekend, You've got to come through, Lord. And so the, the Sabbath, the leaning into, A, God cares for me like a shepherd. 
I am under his, I am in his flock. If I lean into that, then it changes the rest of the week and how I operate. Yeah. There's a lot there. Thank you. That was really good. The Pharaoh Pharaoh thing I want to go back to, because what popped in my mind is, Pharaoh wants better consumers and better workers, Mm -hmm. always. And God wants better worshipers. Mm. Because Sinai was about, let my people go so that they might worship me. And the connection between worship and rest. But if we're always going back to Pharaoh, and you and I talked about yesterday, Pharaoh's not just out here. He can be in here too. (laughs) The Pharaoh that runs my heart that wants more and more and more and more. Um, Yeah, so that's good. And what I also heard is this flipping the switch to seeing God as generous, that he's not taking time from you that or your resources from you and it's like tithing and sabbath they're so countercultural. they're so counterintuitive this idea that you can it's more blessed to live on 90 percent than 100 percent. that it's more blessed to live on six sevenths of a week <laughs> rather than seven sevenths of a week um and that god's taking care that he's shepherding the situation i think that 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 act of faith is like, that's where it's at. So just as kind of a way practically for us, because you guys are going on sabbatical, but it's not just for y'all. You you go on our behalf in the sense of showing us and teaching us about rest. If somebody's sitting here and thinking, you know, I can't go all the way yet. Um, I'm, I, I've got to take my time, or I need to take a baby step. What would be one or two things that you would tell someone? If you want to start practicing Sabbath, here's something to try. Um, It's, uh, you know, the classic thing you should never tell someone who's worried about something is, don't worry. Because it just doesn't work, right? Or someone who presents with anxiety said, oh, don't be anxious, you'll be fine. Well, that's thanks, but no thanks. Um, And so the art of um, engaging is really finding something to uh, switch the engagement to. So I would say a very practical thing, I think if you were to line up our three boys, one of them's oblivious, that would be Toby, um, but the 10 and 12 year old would say they kind of hate the Sabbath because they don't get to use technology. Um, or at least that's how it started. And so what we started to do is try to wean them off but then wean them on to something else. So now the boys know how to play cribbage because we taught them how, you know, how do I, what can we engage them with and, and invite them into in a way of inviting them out of something. And so that's just a very practical thing is we try um, to just put the devices away for, we started just with part of the day. That's not perfect, I'm the worst offender. I've always got my phone there because it's always there. And the phone always has something to say. And then, you know, if I'm feeling like I need to achieve something, I can check my email or, you know what I mean? So for me, that's the hardest discipline is putting the phone away and then finding a way to engage uh, us as a family to, to do that. Just to signal that the day's a bit different. And it just happened to be something that we did a lot of on Sundays. My grandmother lived with us and I learned to play bridge 
um, with you know the family. I was always the dummy, but never mind. Um, what would you say, Rach? I'd say it's it starts with a mindset. Um, <clears throat> I have Sabbath clothes, which is really weird, but um, I felt I needed something to tell a to tell myself I'm off today, and to tell the family I'm off today, and so um, I and so I um, we had Philip and Claudia over for lunch last Sunday after church. The first thing I did was I put my Sabbath clothes on, you know, and we're having them, you know, the bishop, right, for lunch, and I purposefully put my Sabbath clothes on because the spirit in which they're in our home has to be Sabbath. So you are coming into our Sabbath. You know, the house was a mess. And I, relatively. I, relatively, but I was like, no, I, you are coming into this is not us having everything all the perfect china or all that stuff it's not that it's purposefully mindfully i am in sabbath right now and so uh, so i have my sabbath clothes i also thanks to esther have a sabbath face mask it's a bit frightening Um, the first day so um, just things like that. I, I, and, and I, when I had an old face mask and I put it on and I absolutely scared the children. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> they were like the Sabbath face is just. <laughs> um, and um, that was a bit disturbing. But you know, there's certain things that I'm trying to do for Sabbath for myself. Um, as I say, we, we're, we're failing in it. You know, we're, we're, not, we're not nailing it, but we're, we're definitely a few steps ahead than we were six months ago. But even like today, singing, purposefully in my mind, I'm singing, it's Sabbath. This has to come out of the overflow of, of what I've got. And there's not a lot right now. Yeah. So it, it has to come out of the overflow because it's Sabbath. And today, I'm trusting that when I stop, God keeps going. And that when I don't stop, I'm believing a lie. Yeah. Thank you both. I, I think, um, you know, you really set the table on the topic of rest. And I, in next week, I really want to get into what you guys are going to be doing on the sabbatical or not doing um, and how we can pray for you all. Um, I want to pray for you guys now. Um, Just a reminder to everybody, there are tables in the back with uh, stationary materials just to write notes of encouragement and blessing uh, to Dave and Rachel. And as a reminder too, we have um, on the giving page on the website, we have a fund set up for them uh, to help with travel costs and things related to the sabbatical, coaching, um, things that they're going to be doing on their expedition. And just as a closing thought before I pray pray for you guys, just a reminder, what Jesus says is that the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. So what I hear when I hear strive to enter the rest of God, I hear strive to enter into Christ. Um, That sticking close to him is to find a place of rest. Um, Thank you guys so much. Um, We love you. We want to honor and bless you guys as we send you out. Um, And... We want this to be 
just a restorative, blessed season for you guys. So um, as I lay hands on them, will you just stretch out a hand and we'll pray for them. Lord, I thank you for Dave and for Rachel, for Ethan, for Tom, for Toby, for the gift that they are to St. Bart's. Um, and I thank you for their honesty and their transparency this morning, saying, hey, we're not the perfect people at Sabbath. Um, we appreciate that because we feel it too. Um, so we pray your blessing over them as they prepare to go. We pray for your provision and your protection. And we pray, Lord, that they would experience you over these months as one who tenderly cares for them, guides them as a shepherd, that they would hear your voice um, and that they would know your delight in them, that you've given them this gift because you love them. And we send them out um, just with honor and blessing. And we thank you for them again. In Jesus' name, amen.